Well, welcome, folks. Uh, well done for making it on the barge this week, and a warm welcome uh, if you're tuning in online. My name is Callum. I'm the Associate Minister here at St. Peter's Barge. Uh, let me just pray for us uh, before we kick things off today. Our loving, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that you uh, are the author of all time. You stand outside it as the eternal God, and you gift it to us. Help us, uh, we pray, uh, by your Spirit to have a biblical perspective on being productive with the time that we have been given. We pray these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, just a, a couple of moments on your tables. Um, have a think just about the question, how productive are you, would you say? Uh, you could do it scale of 1 to 10. Uh, you could do it as... Um, just having a think about what it means for you to be productive in your particular areas. Uh, just have a quick, quick little chat. Um, how productive are you? Scale of 1 to 10. Big confession for myself. I would say that naturally I am inclined to not being very, very productive. And it's taken a lot of work to uh, get me sort of moving up that scale. Um, I'm a little bit of a, a geek in a weird way for... Uh, productivity and, and these sorts of things. So I, I find myself this because just I have to battle the natural tendencies that I find to just not being very productive. I'm inclined probably slightly more to the underwork than the overwork side. So I have to be very, very intentional about these things. Productivity, though, is slightly difficult for us to actually define, isn't it? Um, if we were thinking about our, our business contexts, and productivity is, is referring really to the efficiency with which an input is converted into a more valuable output. Efficiency with which an input is converted into a more valuable output. So when applied to wharf workers, it, it refers really to the amount of value that we are able to produce for our employers at uh, a, 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 in a particular unit of time spent working. So how valuable are you to your employer per hour uh, that you work? The goal of increasing, then, productivity, roughly speaking, becomes to increase the output reaped for a given salary investment in you guys. But there's a slightly wider productivity definition out there um, that I, I think is important for us to see, not, not just exclusively around business and, and work, but you'll see it implicitly in social media, in articles, where productivity as a concept is held up as a sort of vague virtue of something that is good. So it helps you to achieve your goals, whatever they are, and productivity and hustling and being busy in whatever your goals are, personal, professional, are seen as very, very good things. So uh, Kate Andrews, the uh, economic editor for The Spectator, wrote recently about the toxic cult of self-love, where she describes discovering the 5am club, they call themselves, uh, on TikTok. Uh, nothing can, she writes this, nothing can keep you up past 9pm. That would mean sleeping in until the lazy hour of 6 a.m. Instead, you should be up, stretching, reading, journaling, writing down what you're grateful for, what you fear, 
declarations of your hopes and your dreams. You should be exercising, focusing on your skincare, drinking your greens, eating your prepped breakfast, and practicing your affirmations in the mirror before even thinking about starting your day as the rest of us might. Some are pushing back their wake-up hour even to 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. Why not? After all, self-love knows no limits. It's productivity meeting wellness culture, meeting social media and popular-level psychology. And so it's not just the workplace that is pushing us towards saying productivity is a good thing and we should be more productive. There are plenty of pressures to be productive in all areas around us. So defining productivity is slightly difficult to do. I want to say, though, that it's not that productivity is a bad thing, and we're not going to say that here today. Uh, I want to actually encourage us to desire productivity. I want to encourage you, being productivity isn't some kind of inherent evil at all. It's a good thing. It should be desired in our personal lives and in our professional lives. But without a biblical perspective, we'll get that desiring wrong. No one would deny that the Israelites had some very industrious spurts of productivity. They could throw up idols as good as any of them. Now, do we want to be productive in the area of idol creation? We don't. And so we want to desire productivity in a right and biblical way. And so a a pastor in the States, David Murray, has this slightly helpful, has this quite helpful outline of a biblical perspective on time. And that will give us a a foundation for which we can have a bit more of a discussion about just the practicals and principles of being productive. So you'll see on the the handout there, uh, God gives us time. James 1.17, every good gift, uh, every every gift and perfect gift is from above, uh, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. The eternal God, outside of time, gives us time. Not only that, God gives us enough time. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. Implying that there's enough time to do what he needs to do that day, which was to to travel at his own pace uh, to Judea. God gives us limited time. Psalm 90, verse 10. The years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. God gives us limited time. God judges our use of time. Romans 14, 12. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. There will be each one of us on the final day, will stand before God and say, this is how I used the time, this good gift that you gave me. God commands us to redeem the time. Uh, That should actually be Ephesians uh, 5, 15, and 16 uh, on the sheet, sorry. Uh, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. God commands us to use our time well to redeem the time, make the best use of our time. And if we sort of are confronted with these eternal realities and start feeling uh, we have screwed up and wasted so much time, 
uh, what should I be doing? Well, God offers the hope of eternal life to those who have abused time. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So if you've found yourself wasting time, if you found yourself feeling bad because you have not used your time well, we have a hope. God gives us time. He gives us enough time. He gives us limited time. He judges our use of time. He commands us to redeem the time. And he offers eternal life to those who have abused time. And I want to draw those thoughts together with uh, a big principle, a big goal, a big aim, which is Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So being proficient in skills like time management, in goal setting, in good habits, it doesn't sound very spiritual, but it does support our spiritual growth and fruitfulness as Christians. So the big principle really is priority. Making the best use of the time is to actually think, how productive am I being in seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness? What processes and habits do I have in place that make me more productive for his kingdom and for his righteousness? Now, we might have all sorts of intentional practices in our workplaces that help us to get our work done. Uh, We use Slack in a particular way, Uh, we schedule and we set goals, and uh, we have accountability structures within our workplaces. So if you were to set up some structures in place that would help you to grow in both fruitfulness and faithfulness, uh, to be more productive in uh, seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness, what would they be? What would they be for you? Maybe we'll just break into tables for a couple of minutes and talk about that. If you were to set uh, structures in place that would help you to grow in fruitfulness and faithfulness, so in essence, to be more productive in seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness, what would they be? Let's have a couple of minutes on that uh, around tables. And so, so to build on that slightly, I've just listed out a few Uh, Proverbs from from the book of Proverbs in uh, Old Testament wisdom literature. Now, I'm aware that uh, many of us here will be uh, more inclined to the uh, overwork and natural inclination within our our workplaces. Um, And so uh, the idea of being lazy doesn't uh, sometimes come across our plate so much. Uh, But the, the Proverbs has a lot to say about a particular character called the sluggard the slug, a sort of old-fashioned way of calling somebody lazy, the lazy person. And so you'll see uh, Proverbs 6, uh, 6 and 9, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. Essentially the ant being very, very busy uh, all the time um, and working very, very hard. Go to them and learn from them. That's the way of wisdom. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? Uh, Proverbs uh, 6, 9. Or uh, as vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so are sluggards to those who send them. And Proverbs ten twenty six. You know, as, as 
vinegar rots teeth and smoke makes your eyes uh, water. Uh, slugger, sluggards are a pain for the people who have to deal with them. And then even uh, more so, Proverbs 13.4, a sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. And so actually, there's a, a wisdom principle within the Bible that says, actually, if we're being diligent and uh, doing good work with our hands, um, uh, we are going to live actually more satisfied uh, than if we are simply uh, lazy. And a, a slugger's appetite is never filled. Now, there's more proverbs there as well that you can go through in your own time, but it's worth just bearing in mind that uh, this is a, a principle uh, that we're not to be lazy. And it's, it's one that we can take into our workplace and work very, very hard at, but it's one that we want to be having in our spiritual life as well, uh, that we don't want to be lazy spiritually, and we want to be productive. And so that big, that big principle of seek first his kingdom and his righteousness is our, our goal, and we don't want to be lazy in it. I've listed out uh, some practicals um, here, and I'll just run through them um, and explain them, but then I think we'll uh, discuss more so uh, the practicalities together. Um, but it, just some things to help you uh, in taking this into the workplace, into your devotional life, into uh, your mission field into seeking first his kingdom and righteousness. The first is price. Uh, we have to remember that time is precious. We know that, don't we? But we need to remember it. Uh, whatever we commit to does mean that we are spending time. And so we want to make sure that it's time well spent. Peace needs to be a big principle for us. Start from a place of peace with God and your fellow believers uh, if not starting there, then uh, nothing is actually going to fall into place when it comes to uh, productivity in seeking the kingdom. So start with getting right with God. Start with spending time with God, being at peace with God. And then plan. Planning doesn't sound super spiritual, but it's deeply helpful. Plan your devotional life. As Stephen said, plan, plan your quiet time. Plan your priorities. As you'd look at your goals in work, look at them as well in spiritual life, personal life, family life. Make long-term, medium-term, short-term plans. Those plans will take time, and you'll have to be intentional in them. But if we have a, a sort of quarterly, weekly, uh, daily planning session, uh, it can uh, break up as much as that. Um, then it can be very, very helpful in seeing, indeed, our spiritual growth. Uh, another principle, practical principle, then, is pass. Uh, could something that I'm, uh, is on my plate at the moment be passed to somebody else? Um, there are many, many things that we can be turning our hands to, and there are many things that other people can also be turning their hands to as well. So remember that uh, passing something to somebody else isn't an inherently lazy thing to do. It's something that can actually free up time uh, in which we can be productive in another area of our life. Prepare. Uh, prepare. Building on planning, are you prepared when something unexpected comes up? Obviously, you can't prepare for everything, um, but it's a helpful question. If the unexpected 
is the sort of thing that throws you completely. Something unexpected has come up, and therefore I just have to wipe everything from my calendar because I just can't be dealing with it right now. Then it's maybe an indicator that we need to go back to the planning step and have a think about how we plan and be a bit more intentional there. If something unexpected comes up and it throws our devotional life off completely, uh, then we need to work better at our planning and prioritizing. That big principle, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And then prioritizing our, our family, our work, our personal projects. There are many different urgencies at many different times, in many different ways. Some intentional planning, preparing, and prioritizing will go a long way in just being more productive in these areas. Some break it down into a, a must-do, should-do, and would-like-to-do uh, sort of category. But I think the would-like-to-do often gets left to the very, very last of the list. And I want to encourage us that uh, planning and preparing and prioritizing in the must-do and the should-do will free up more time for the would-like-to-do. And So being productive in those first two areas can lead to more productivity in the third. And then pick. Uh, pick and stick with what we've picked. So uh, get focused, switch the phone to silence, close the Slack tab if you can, and you'll be more productive. Uh, pick something and stick to it. And then purge. Some of us indeed need to get rid of distractions. So I don't have social media on my phone. I have Chrome extensions that eliminate distractions. We live in an age of diminishing attention spans. We need to say no to distractions. So just be aware and purge them. And then protect. Uh, many of us need to get better at, at saying no more generally to things. This isn't your license to go off to work this afternoon and say no to your boss on absolutely everything. Um, but many of us allow the urgent to creep up on the unimportant and to squeeze out things like family time and devotional time and time to work on personal projects that we would like to get better at. So we do need to protect that, and we do need to sometimes say no to things. And then we need to remember in all of this to pause. We need to rest. Our next Faith in the Workplace session, these practical sessions, will be on a rest itself. That'll be our focus. But it's good to remember that actually rest is a biblical principle that God has given us as a gift uh, for us to be able to be more productive um, and to, to worship him in our rest and work. So there's some practicals. Uh, price, peace, plan, pass, prepare, prioritize, pick, purge, protect, and pause. All with P. Um, and um, it, there are many, many more practical things that we can do. And I think it'd be great for us to break and uh, discuss those on tables. Uh, maybe before uh, we do that, let me highlight a few things that are coming up for us uh, in the life of uh, Canary Wharf uh, Gospel Ministry. Um, we've, you'll see on the, the bottom of the sheet there, there's Easter uh, at Canary Wharf, a selection of events going on. So some 
are, uh, these are sort of come and see the risen Christ events. So uh, you'll see flyers on your table for an event at KPMG on the 15th of March. Uh, so Marcus is going to be speaking there. Um, that's a, at 1.15 to 1.50. There won't be a Wednesday uh, talk here at the Barge. There won't be a Thursday talk at the Idea Store. It'll all be at KPMG that week. 30th of March, uh, an interview and talk with uh, John Young. Um, so that'll be on the barge in the evening. He's the former uh, chief business officer of Pfizer. So during the pandemic, he was responsible for uh, creating vaccines and uh, getting them out. That's sort of uh, oversimplifying what he did. Uh, but he's a Christian, and he's going to be sharing uh, the gospel. So a great uh, opportunity to uh, bring colleagues along to those. And then uh, the week running up to Easter, um, both here and at the Idea Store, Wednesday and Thursday, we'll be having uh, sort of Easter guest events, uh, the death of death. Uh, it's the ultimate statistic that uh, we will all one day face death, and uh, the Lord Jesus is the one who has defeated it. So I want to invite colleagues to uh, come along and uh, hear more about that. And then finally, let me just draw your attention to this, these booklets called Dialogue Events. We're encouraging wharf workers uh, to uh, have a go at planning a dialogue event, an event where uh, you host, essentially, a, a gospel event yourself uh, at the pub, uh, at a restaurant, even at the barge. The idea being that it's an easier invite for uh, your colleagues because you say, hello, I'm uh, putting on this event, and uh, there'll be a short presentation of, on the gospel or uh, something uh, that's you know, interesting and will, will hook your colleagues in. And then you'll be able to uh, have that discussion uh, time with them, and it'll be a, an easier invite in that sense. That being said, all of these uh, events, uh, and including hosting your own event, will take managing some time, planning, and some prioritizing. Um, so why don't I pray for us, and then we can continue chatting on our tables about productivity. Our Lord God, we thank you that you are the author of all time and you give it to us as a gift. We pray that you would help us to seek first uh, your kingdom and your righteousness. And as we look forward to uh, the gospel going out in Canary Wharf over the Easter period, help us uh, to be productive for it. Help us to be productive then in all areas of our life, uh, but particularly for your kingdom. We pray these things in your precious name. Amen.